Let's go. Weekly recap. I'm going to let that run a little bit. You already know. The Empire. Check it out. Check it out. Check it out. All right, we good. We in the clear. We, because it's me and it's y'all. So it's we. That math always makes sense to me. Yo, the weekly recap. It's been a minute. Yo, the weekly recap. I don't know what's going on with Twitch. I don't know what's going on with Twitch, but for some reason, it's not sinking. And... I ain't going to just be limited to Twitch. So it's Twitch, it's YouTube, it's Facebook, it's Trovo. And I need the numbers up because if the numbers get up, I could also do it on TikTok. And I definitely want to be on as many platforms as possible. I'm going to figure out the Twitch. I was online the other day, so I don't get it. But I'm going to figure out the Twitch for sure. But it's the weekly recap. It's your boy, Chan the Champ. And YK Insufferable. Y'all see it. Y'all see it. Y'all see it couple topics i'm gonna get into today i'm getting into the power rankings the espn and nba power rankings because your boys team our team the new york knicks we ranking up and i love to see us rank up but i'm gonna get into some of the things that i have been seeing and why i think maybe maybe we might be getting a little bit too ahead of ourselves but that's okay we gonna enjoy the good but we're gonna criticize we're gonna criticize the team and the things that we see along with the good because we want us to maintain the good for the long run not for the right now and we're definitely overachieving so i'm definitely gonna get into that i'm gonna get into the playoff push i'm gonna get And now y'all love us. All of this media, all the people who cover basketball. I know you don't want to talk about the bad teams. You don't want to talk about the bottom teams. But the Knicks were never a bottom bad team this year. We've always been hovering around either the five, six spot or in the play-in. That's the lowest we've been. And we haven't been getting love. Meanwhile, y'all want to talk about all these other teams that's definitely in the play-in or all these other teams that might not make the play-in. So I'm here because I feel like a lot of the coverage for basketball, a lot of the coverage for the Knicks is biased to be against the biased for the Knicks and I hope my thing is going smooth but I'm gonna be biased for the Knicks because most of the things we see when it comes to basketball 
in the world, in the media, in the sports world, in the basketball world, they're biased against the Knicks. It's a lot of Nick hate going on. And leave the Nick hate for the people who actually care and love about the Knicks because we don't hate them, but we really, really critique them for real. But now y'all want to love us. Now y'all want to talk about us all around ESPN, all up and down, all these articles, all on NBA.com, all these Twitter Twitter personalities want to talk about the Knicks. Y'all want to talk about the Knicks? Y'all ain't even put Jalen Brunson in the All-Star game. And he should have been that weak-ass All-Star game. He should have been there. He should have been there. But that's okay. He's an All-Star in our heart. We got two All-Stars. One is in our heart, Jalen Brunson. So now y'all love this. Welcome. Welcome. I'm happy. I am so happy. I am so happy to get that love now. We 6-0 since Josh Hart got here. 6-0. I don't like the fact that we had to give up a draft pick to get him. Because I think we should be. We should continue to build this team for the long run and not sell out ourselves just for short-term satisfaction. But he's an amazing piece. Oh, my God. Josh Hart is an amazing piece for this team. Anybody anybody that said the Knicks should get Josh Hart ahead of the trade deadline and ahead of time, shout-out to y'all for seeing the future because he's an amazing piece for this team. My God. My God, we haven't lost since we got him. I don't know when we're going to lose again because we're not losing against Brooklyn. I would love to slaughter Brooklyn again. And everybody talking about Knicks-Nets rivalry. It was never a rivalry because y'all need to do something. Y'all need to do something for being in Brooklyn. And until you've done something, it ain't a rivalry. And until there's a playoff matchup, Knicks and Nets, and we scrapping and fighting, and it's really, really got the city in a chokehold, it ain't no rivalry. New York City, the basketball city where the Mecca is located, there's only one team that plays in a Mecca, and that's the New York Knicks. So sorry, Brooklyn Nets, except for Mikhail Bridges. He could come to the Knicks, but I'm sorry, Brooklyn Nets. It's only one team that represents the Mecca, and that's the orange and blue. New York made, New York Knicks. Went off on a tangent. I got to call. I got to bring myself back, but shoot. Nah, we have to bury that. So I'm happy to see that there's a lot of love for the Knicks, but the thing that bothers me is that two seasons ago when Julius Randle was most improved player, there was a lot of love for the Knicks, too. There was a lot of love for the Knicks, too. And then we got bumped out in the first round of the playoffs. But that's okay because we haven't had any any, any, any taste of the playoffs in a while. And then last year, we just didn't even meet those expectations again. We, we didn't. And this year... We are looking like we are going to meet those uh, expectations of two seasons ago and potentially exceed those expectations. I don't want to jump ahead. 
even though presently how the team is constructed and depending on playoff matchups, there is a shot that we could make some noise in the, in the playoffs. But I don't want to jump ahead because that's what we always do. And that's what happened two seasons ago. We were excited to make the playoffs. Julius Randle was awarded most improved player. His son was a part of the ceremony. It warmed us all up. And then the team fell under the pressure. And I'm going to talk about pressure, but I don't want to jump ahead. Let's let's let things happen. Let's let things play out. And let's just enjoy, enjoy how things play out to be successful. Because making the playoffs is successful. And then making some noise is a little bit more successful. And going in a deep playoff run is a lot more successful. And then making the finals is at the precipice of the mountain of success of a championship. So we got a ways to get there. But we can't go back into being the dumps of the Eastern Conference. We can't. We can't. And we can't have that fear of being in the dumps of the Eastern Conference. Be in control of how we make moves with this team. We can't have that be in control of trading away draft picks for players or just flipping the youth to get a star player. We just have to ride this out and continue to grow. We cannot have that be in control. We can't. We can't. No, absolutely not. So giving up IQ, Grimes, RJ Barrett, and a bunch of draft picks for Donovan Mitchell, I don't know if that would have put us in the same position that we're in today. When you look at the Cavs, the Cavs are in the same place that they were last year pretty much. Give or take a few games, but they're pretty much in the same position that they were last year. They're not in the tier one or the S tier upper echelon of the East, but they're right there knocking on the door and they got rid of Kevin Love, who was a big part of that team. He can still rebound. He can still stretch the floor, not the same way that he's done when he was in his prime, but he still has that basketball IQ, that leadership. And that's a part of what helped the Cavs grow. And he's not there. So I don't know if that's something that they will maintain moving forward. Because Donovan Mitchell could leave this team in two years. He can still end up a Nick in two years. Especially the way that the Knicks players' contracts are structured. We got some really good team-friendly contracts. So let's see. Let's not get ahead of ourselves, but I'm going to get in to the power rankings and I'm going to get in to how I feel this Knicks team stacks up with the other teams in the power rankings ahead and around them. So the ESPN power rankings and the NBA power rankings are two, di two different power rankings. I feel like the ESPN power rankings are a little more, a bit more, sorry, a biased 
to hype and a bit more biased to who they want to see and who they promote. So one through 10, they have the Knicks nine. It's the Bucks, the Celtics, the Nuggets, the Sixers, the Cavs, the Grizz, the Kangs, the Suns, the Knicks, and the Clippers. I think the Suns should be higher because they just got Kevin Durant. They should be above the Cavs to me. And they should be above the Grizz to me. Being that the Suns actually made the finals. And all they gave up to get KD was Mikhail Bridges and Cam Johnson and some picks. Now, Mikhail Bridges, I would love that guy. He has the the highest ceiling as far as what he can be in this league. He, he can definitely be a Jimmy Butler type of player. 3 and D every night, all-star, all-NBA, and all-defensive in one season. But Kevin Durant is Kevin Durant. So the Suns need to be higher to me. But they have the Knicks at 9. That's fine. That's fine. But... The NBA power rankings, top 10, are as follows. Bucks, Celtics, Nuggets, Sixers, Grizzlies, Cavs, Knicks, Kangs, Suns, Clippers. So it's the same 10 teams, but in a different order after the 1, 2, 3, 4. After the top 4, they have the Grizzlies ahead of the Cavs, which I agree with. The Grizzlies have gone deeper. The Grizzlies have an MVP candidate and defense of the year candidate. So do the Cavs a little bit, but not as high as the Grizz. And also the Cavs have been up and down. But after the Cavs, you have the Knicks, who are, I believe, seventh. One, two, three, four, five, six, seventh. And that's where things get interesting for me. Because both communities, the ESPN and the NBA community, have the Knicks as the fourth, sorry, fifth Bucks, Celtics, Sixers, Cavs, Knicks, the fifth best team in the East. And that would align them if the playoffs started if they were the same positioning in the fifth seed. So based on seeding, that's what it is. And I think in a seven-game playoffs, they could beat the Cavs. But here's where I'm going with this. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. The New York Knicks have a are number six in the league in the, for as far as offensive rating. They're number 14 in the league as far as defensive rating. And they have a they're number eight in the league. As far as their net rating, they have the eighth highest net rating in the NBA. That is the mark of a good team. However, this is a team without a superstar in comparison to what those other teams in the top 10 provide. And here's where I'm going with this. Here's where I'm going with this. Are we exceeding expectations? Are we exceeding expectations? Or are we setting 
a new level of expectations or are we being hyped up by the machine only because they hope we'll crash and fall I don't know 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 when you look at the Bucks, they got Giannis. When you look at the Celtics, they got Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. When you look at the Nuggets, they got Jokic and Jamal Murray, but Jokic. He's two-time MVP, MVP and maybe three-time. When you look at the Sixers, they got James Harden and Joel Embiid. Look at the Grizzlies, they got Ja. When you look at the Cavs, they got Donovan Mitchell. Okay, when you look at the Knicks, we look at the Kings, they got De'Aaron Fox and Sabonis. Look at the Suns, they got KD, Chris Paul, Devin Booker, and DeAndre Ayton. And when you look at the Clippers, they got Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. Who on the Knicks is at the level of any of the guys I mentioned? Who? I'm going to say... Jalen Brunson, Julius Randle could probably trump Jamal Murray. But as far as the rest, the skill set that De'Aaron Fox has, Jalen Brunson doesn't have that. He's a completely different player. De'Aaron Fox is more dynamic and athletic, but Jalen Brunson has proven he can put the team on his back and get you wins and be clutch. But he has also shown sometimes he could just be cold and miss. And De'Aaron Fox is one of the most clutch players in the NBA this season. Look it up. Look up them stats. So I don't know. Put the contracts away to the side. On any of the teams, Knicks or Kings, who would you prefer to be your lead guard? Jalen Brunson or De'Aaron Fox? Ask yourself that question. Sabonis, would you prefer Sabonis or Julius Randle? Julius Randle's a better shooter than Sabonis, but when you look at the overall player, who would you prefer of the two? Ask yourself that question. And that's my point. Are the Knicks overhyped because they overwork themselves and they work hard and they outwork everybody? But they don't have a star. And that's the scary thing. And that's the thing I'm scared of what this front office may do. And that's the thing I'm scared of what this team may do. They may say, hey, we have a strong record. Let's sacrifice what we have to get something else. Because we don't have a star. I believe this front office has some recognition of what we have. But I do understand that there's pressure to get a star in the building because you need a star to win in this league. However, I liken this Knicks team to the 2000 Detroit Pistons who beat the Lakers and won a championship. A team that did not have that superstar. They have big shot Chauncey Billups, who became a star and elevated himself 
in the playoffs. Richard Hamilton, Ben Simmons, sorry, Ben Wallace, Rashid Wallace. Let me restate that. They have Chauncey Billups, Ben Wallace, Rashid Wallace, Tyshawn Prince, Rip Hamilton. That's who I liken this Knicks team to, the 2000 Pistons. A team without a big superstar, but a team who's going to lock in defensively so well and be able to score to get wins and make some noise and shock the world in the playoffs. That's who I compare this Knicks team to. So, yes, they don't have the superstar that the other teams have, but we have a lockdown player in Mitchell Robinson, a lockdown big. We have a lockdown wing or wings in Josh Hart and Quentin Grimes. So when you look at Tayshaun Prince, that's who you can compare to. We have a scoring big who can rebound and create a fiery forward in Julius Randle, who's comp to Rashid Wallace. And we have a scoring lead guard in Brunson who can hit the big shot who you would compare to Chauncey Billups. And you have an old school coach who wants you to play the right way and Tom Thibodeau who I would compare to Larry Brown. And you also have some young Hustlers in R.J. Barrett and Emmanuel Quickly and Obi Toppin. I'm just saying, this team can make some noise. The New York Knicks of 2022-23 are definitely comparable to the 2000s Pistons because of the structure of the players and team and coach. No superstar, but a collection of quality talented players and a budding star who can surprise and shock some teams. And I think if there was anybody that we would compare this team to, it would be the 2000s Pistons. But my thing is when we strip the team away and we look at players, there's one player on this team that gives a lot of Knicks fans and a lot of basketball fans and supporters a headache. And that's RJ Barrett. And when I think about RJ Barrett, I really try to understand. Is it pressure or patience? RJ Barrett was drafted third. So there's pressure that comes with that. But that was only less than a handful of years ago. Not even five years in the league. I think we need to give some patience. But when you look at RJ, I feel like there's so much pressure. Meanwhile, you have other young players on this team. Oh my God. Pardon me for the loudness. Meanwhile, you got other players on this team who are as young as RJ, Emmanuel quickly, but he got drafted 
25. Quentin Grimes, he also got drafted 25. Jalen Brunson got drafted in the second round. Mitchell Robinson got drafted in the second round. When you don't have that level of expectation or pressure, you have the freedom to grow. You have the freedom to make mistakes and blossom. You have the freedom. RJ Barrett never got that freedom. There was some expectations of him because he was drafted so high that he has not met. And when I talk about the freedom, a lot of Nick fans are really, really, really just casual watchers who will say, get rid of RJ. RJ's not scoring 30 points a game. Get rid of him. RJ Barrett's not averaging 25. Get rid of him. But he's 22 years old, averaging 20. He's 22 years old, still learning his body and elevating his game every single year. He elevated his three-point shooting this year. While he's continued to elevate his penetration to the rim and his drives. So there's a lot of room to grow for RJ. And I don't want to pick apart RJ Barrett because I can and I typically do. But there are things that RJ needs to fix as far as his game, especially offensively. Because we want everybody to play defense, but the Knicks have dogs on their team that could pick up the defensive slack as long as you're holding your weight on offense. Brunson and Randall are not the best defensive players, but they hold their weight on offense. And we have supporting cast members that pick it up and they can strictly focus on defense. R.J. Barrett needs to improve his ball handling dribbling. R.J. Barrett needs to improve his dribble drive and penetration to the rim. It's very much too predictable. It's too predictable. He also needs to improve his playmaking. Because if you improve your playmaking, that'll improve your scoring ability. Because if I'm defending you, if a player's defending R.J. Barrett, and they feel like he's not going to give up the ball, I don't have that fear of the pass or threat of the pass. I can just focus on getting you out of position and getting you into uncomfortable positions. Which often happens where he looks unbalanced or he looks out of position. He doesn't finish at the rim as strong as he has shown he can. He's not consistent in that. When he drives to the basket, it looks a little off. It looks a little slow-footed. It looks a little a little doofy because there's hesitation. You're not going at full speed. But you're also not creating. We know you're looking to score. You're not going with that velocity and ferocity that you can do. We know you can't do it. So we just want consistency. Whatever you're working on to improve yourself, we want you to be consistent at it. If you're going to dribble hard to the rim every time, then do it every time. Don't do it 40% of the time.
If you're going to work on those threes and those knockdown threes, keep at it. Because we know RJ Barry could be successful. He comes from an NBA family. It's in his DNA. Basketball. He comes from a basketball college program. He's a pro. He lives, breathes, and dies basketball. He was made for this. So use this opportunity to let go of the pressure and use some patience and work through it. But we need to see improvements every time. It can't go backwards. It always got to move forward. And it's not even just his offense. It's not even just his offense. The Knicks, the Knicks offense, I've heard people say that they love the Knicks offense. And me being insufferable, what is it a love? We don't have a superstar on this team. But we use 18 seconds of the shot clock running in isolation for, for Jalen Brunson. And then we do the same for Julius Randle. And it's almost as if like they're taking turns running isolation plays for each other. We even do it with R.J. Barrett. They're just taking turns running isolation plays. They run so much ISO. They run so much ISO. I would love to see this offense become a little bit more unpredictable where we don't have our two main guys holding the ball, driving to the lane, and attempting a shot in the paint. And if there's no shot available, then they pass the ball out. It, it's so bad that that teams wait. And a lot of... Often, we're successful because we have two different guys there. And we're so good at rebounding with Randall, Hartenstein, Robinson, Hart, IQ. We're so good at rebounding or getting another opportunity that it benefits us. However, those are not the easiest plays, and those are not the easiest offensive sets. And we've seen them run offensive sets. We've seen Julius Randle get the ball on the pinch, pass it out to the wing, and that ball swings and moves, and it hits the corner to Quentin Grimes. Splash, knockdown three. We've seen the same thing with R.J. Barry. We've seen that. It works. And they can do it. They can execute that to the point where the guy who's shooting, Quentin Grimes, for example, doesn't even have to look for the ball. He's looking at the rim because he knows it's coming to him. That's beautiful. But it doesn't happen all the time. You know what happens majority of the time, 75% of the time, it's an isolation play, drive to the basket. If the shot is not there, kick it out. When they played Boston the other day, Malcolm Brogdon 
got an interception, a steal, because he knew exactly what R.J. Barrett was going to do. He knew he was going to drive to the rim. He knew the defense was going to put R.J. in a position where the shot would have been bad, increase the likelihood of R.J. getting rid of the ball, and R.J. threw the ball right to Malcolm Brogdon, who just caught it like this because he knew exactly what was going to happen. We have to shake it up, and we can't be as predictable with our offense. And I don't know if that's something that's going to happen with Tom with Tom Thibodeau, but, but like, we got to do something better. We got to do something better. We have to do something better with our offense, especially making the playoffs. If we're too stagnant on our offense and we rely on this my turn, your turn, my turn, your turn, we're going to get bounced on the first round. A smarter team is going to figure us out and force us to be uncomfortable. So we have to improve our offense. It has to be more dynamic. It doesn't have to be the Golden State Warriors or the Boston Celtics. It doesn't have to be those teams who have elite offensive sets while having the ability to run isolation. Phoenix Suns are great at that. It doesn't have to be those teams, but we need something to mix it up. We have to be versatile. We have to be versatile in our offense because we cannot live with Randall and Brunson and RJ running isolations, driving kick over and over. We can't live with that because we will die in the first round. I'm telling you. But moving on to player of the week. Yo, I need some player of the week music, man. Where's the player of the week music? I'm waiting on that. Where is that? Where is it? Who has been killing it this week since we've been back from the all-star? All-star break. I don't got no bum of the week, but I got two players of the week. My two players of the week. Player of the game last game. Emmanuel quickly clap it up for him and Mitchell Robinson. And the reason why I got two, the reason why I got two is because we see the impact of Mitchell Robinson. Now that he's back, there's no denying. There's no denying You're not scoring in the paint, Jason Tatum, if Mr. Robinson is there. Y'all not grabbing rebounds like how y'all expect to if Mr. Robinson is there. I am sorry. He is going to wreck in the playoffs. As long as he stays healthy, he cannot be stopped when it comes boards put back dunks blocking even jay uh julius randall hit him with a pass to score i don't think it was by design but if it was mwah, chef kiss praise the lord we finally ran something for mr robinson we pay him all this money the guy could jump high he could score two hands over the rim easily i love that man 
Emmanuel quickly, he's playing 30 plus minutes coming off the bench seamlessly. I do want to see him start a few games just to see how that dynamic is on this in the starting five. But Emmanuel could quickly, you could put him anywhere on the floor with whoever on the floor. He's going to penetrate. He's going to shoot. He's going to get to the line. He's going to fight for those rebounds. He's going to play defense. He's going to make the smart pass. We, without late round picks, we do well. We do well. So I have to give that love to those guys. I got to give love to those guys, man. And and we play out our pace because we can run and we can slow down. But we have a IQ could run it up and Mitchell Robinson could reset us sometimes too. So I love that. I love that. I love that. Let me get into some predictions before... We wrap up the weekly recap. But the Knicks have 19 games left. They're in a they're on a six-game win streak. Since they got Josh Hart. Okay. I think the Knicks are going gonna finish the season with the winning record. With these 19 games. Here who they play as follows. Brooklyn, I got it. Miami, Boston, Charlotte, Sacramento, Clippers, Lakers, Portland, Denver, Minnesota, Miami, Orlando, Houston, Miami, Cleveland, Washington, Indiana, New Orleans, Indiana. There's a couple teams in the East we play multiple times. Now, here's my reasoning for why I'm picking these wins and losses because a, the Knicks have momentum B. Some of these teams don't have momentum. C matchups. We, the, the, the Knicks match up really well with some of these teams and some of these scenes, we just don't. And there'll be some factors that like are just unpredictable, whether that be health, whether that be rest, whether that be travel, fatigue, whatever the case may be. But we're going to finish strong. I got Knicks against Brooklyn. I think my my joint froze. I don't like that. I got Knicks against Brooklyn. I got a win. I got Knicks Miami right after a win. I got Knicks Boston. Revenge game, so that's a loss. Charlotte. Charlotte's done. LaMelo Ball has another ankle fracture. Get well soon. That's a win for the Knicks. Sacramento Kings. I predict the Knicks are going to win based off matchups. I feel like we're a deeper team. And we have the will to win most of the time. So we're going to come out with the W. 
The Clippers, based on the matchups, that's going to be an L. The Lakers, the Bronze Hurt, win. Portland, win. Denver, yes, we beat Denver. But I think because it's playoff mode and the Nuggets got something to prove, even though they got Jokic, that's an L for the Knicks. Minnesota, I'm going with a W for the Knicks. Miami, I'm giving us an L because we played them three times, and I think we'll give up a game to them. Jimmy Butler is not going to allow that. Orlando, W. Houston, W. These are tanking teams. Miami, we're going to strike at W. Cleveland, we're just going to be due for an L. Cleveland is going to come out. They don't want to give up the season series to the Knicks. And they're going to go hard like it's a playoff game. We're going to recognize it's not a playoff game. And we're going to be really comfortable with our record. So we'll lose to Cleveland. Final four games of the season. Wizards, W. Indiana, W. New Orleans, W. And in the last game of the season against Indiana, I'm going to say L. I think that would be like a rest game. We'll have our seating on lock. Indiana's going to want to play to help themselves with the play-in. So that's an L for us. And then we finish the season 13-6. and six. What more can you ask for? That's a successful season. And then we go into the playoffs and then the offseason. And then we got some real... We got some real... Real things to talk about then. But. What do you mean by that? Trades, you know, all of that. Free agents. Not much, but let's see. But. So far, as far as where the Knicks stand with the trade with Josh Hart. Great positioning. Great chemistry. Great teamwork. We're in good shape. We have some things to improve. We have to improve our offense. RJ Barrett needs to continue to keep working and improving. We have to get more dynamic on offense. We have to get more dynamic with the lineups, and I think that's something that we've done continuously throughout the season is continue to do that. We can't be too predictable, and we got to stay healthy. We got to stay healthy. And shout out to everybody who is back on the Knicks Everybody who didn't think that we would get this far, even me at times, what can I say? We rocking. It's the weekly recap. Your boy Chandy Chant. The insufferable. That's what it is. Gonna mix this down, put it up on the podcast and networks. I normally do a lunchtime live. I was trying to figure out this Twitch issue. It was, it's still annoying, but hey, we're on YouTube live, Facebook live, Trovo, and I'll figure out this Twitch issue. Doing the live is really fun. Really, really, really fun. I might not always do live, 
But hey, it's really fun. It's really, really, really fun. So thanks for tapping in. If you want the audio podcast networks everywhere, it'll be up. It'll be up later this uh, afternoon, evening when I mix everything down. Don't even sweat it. But definitely going to be up on a YouTube as soon as I hit end stream. Because you don't YouTube be holding it down. And hopefully I could recover some of the the visuals and uh, mix that and post.